0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery, because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Just days on from a momentous weekend in the Premier League title race, City will need to shift their focus back to continental duties. It's all square in the Champions League semi final showdown with Real Madrid, and we're here to discuss who has the advantage in tonight's clash at the Etihad. It's Wednesday, May 17th. I'm Adam Booker.
2: I'm Alex Brulleton.
1: And I'm Louis Bartley. And this is the City Report Podcast. Sergio <laughs>
0: Manchester United 1 Manchester City 6 It's 2 for Dzeko Tottenham Hotspur 3 Manchester City 4 They have made the impossible possible
1: This episode is sponsored by Beer Monster The best place to find your favourite brews for refreshingly low prices with a wide selection of ales, wines, ciders, and more, there's no better time to place your order and start the summer off right. Listeners to this show can snatch five pounds off their next order with the discount code citypod 5 That's citypod 5 UK only. Terms and conditions apply. Drink responsibly. Welcome back to the show, gentlemen. The day of reckoning is is finally upon us. Luke, I'll start with you. How are you feeling ahead of tonight?
3: Surprisingly, I am really confident. I don't know why, but I am in a positive mood about the game. Um, I think I was. I, we've been talking in the group chat quite frequently, haven't we? The past couple of weeks, and I think the majority of us were more concerned about Everton. Whereas I don't know, I just think we match up against Real Madrid quite well with the team we've got at this moment in time. Um, we're in a vein of confidence, so the City us. is it going to come crashing down. Um, we don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm feeling quite confident about the game. I feel like um, the away tie gave us a lot of confidence moving into this home tie. Um, hopefully we can be a bit more direct, a bit more going forward. If we can get an early goal, Vieta's going to be bouncing. Um, I'm really excited for the game and to be there live as well. It's going to be unreal.
1: Are you somebody like me that you'll have all the confidence in the world and then when you get inside the ground and... You hear maybe some of the music and you see the players come out for warm-ups and then the nerves kick in because I'll see one player miss a shot in warm-ups and I'll think, nah, it's not our night.
3: Yeah, 45 minutes in. Um, as soon as I get my first Sasahi in the ground, that's going to be the moment where I'm like, here we go. <laughs> I feel like as soon as I start seeing see my mates in it and then because I've got a few City mates who are your usual City fans, they'll walk and be like, oh my God, he's starting, he's starting. We're going to lose 9-0. It's going to be awful. Um, but yeah um, it's usually around about 45 minutes as soon as I'm in the stadium that's when the nerves tend to usually kick in to me in the day I'll be fine but when we get into the stadium it'll be a completely different story
1: well that's that's the good thing about me living so far away these days is we have I mean the earliest games here are four thirty AM. So I stroll out of bed ten minutes before kickoff. So I don't necessarily have to experience any of the nerves. I can just go straight into the game. That's one thing I absolutely loathe whenever I'm I'm over in Manchester for games is waking up at nine AM and realizing I've got about twelve hours until kickoff and just like don't know what to do with myself. But Alex, how about you? How are the nerves at it tonight?
2: Yeah, not too um not not too bad, but I think I'm maybe a little bit more nervous than Luke. Um, I don't know. There's just I know we always say that there's something about Real Madrid, but it's just true, isn't it? I just wouldn't put it past them, um, you know, just to pull off something that no one's expecting. Um, and, you know, it goes against all sense or all logic from what we've seen this season. You know, City have been putting in these incredibly um, dynamic, uh, attacking, direct performances at home. Um, we've seen it in every round, in all the ties and the knockouts. They've been doing that at home and not, and not away. So everything points to you know Harlan and De Bruyne and sort of uh, getting their link up going, and City just not being able to. Well, Real Madrid not being able to live with City, but it's Real Madrid. It's their competition. Um, there's a reason why you know they keep getting to the to the finals, the semi-finals, like sort of every season in the last few years. Um, and yeah, I think. Yeah, we'll, well, well, I think it's just going to be a bit tense until you know, unless City get a kind of a two-goal buffer, then I think then you can sort of think, oh, you know what, this, you know, Real Madrid are going to struggle to come back from that, particularly with some of the injury issues it looks like they might have. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not booking my flights to Istanbul just yet. Let's say that um, might not be booking them at all. To be fair, <laughs> given the given the cost, but um, yeah, I'm definitely definitely it's going to be a great game. I think I'm looking forward to it just because of how you know high quality that first leg was. It perhaps didn't have the sort of end to end basketball kind of excitement of the games last season. Um, but from a tactical perspective, you know, the quality on display, Real Madrid as well as City, like it was just it was brilliant. Um, and I think we'll see more of that tomorrow. But I think City will be a bit more kind of um kind of up an atom, looking to get those crucial goals to send them through. Um, and I think ultimately they will go through. But I don't think it's going to be perhaps as easy as some of the home fixtures we've seen this season.
1: Well, I'll stick with you then because you've said it there yourself that we've seen this pattern in the Champions League so far for City that you know we get a somewhat cagey draw in the away leg and then kind of all out blitz in in the home leg. Are you expecting that pattern to continue? That City may a line up more attacking and we'll come on to the team potential team in, in in part two. But are you expecting that pattern to continue? That they they come out maybe a bit more on fire and, and try and blitz Madrid? Or are we expecting more of that kind of cup final style of play that we saw on the first leg?
2: I think, um, again, I think it does, it's always like, it, it's kind of the paradox with, with Guardiola and City, isn't it? That they're such an attacking team, but probably more than we realise as fans, uh, he takes the other team into account a lot when like, Deciding how his team's going to play or approach the game, or even which players is going to start. So it does kind of depend on on Real Madrid. Um, there's been stuff about Rodrigo potentially being out. Um, you know whether Vinicius is going to be on the wing or whether he's going to be in like a forward two with Benzema. So depending on how Real Madrid come um, to the Etihad, then I think you know, say if it was like in the first leg, I don't think we'll see City just blitz from minute one because I think Guardiola will be too concerned about. Madrid's threat on the counter. He's not gonna, you know, just be like, oh, all the midfielders go forward and just leave sort of Rodri to to mop things up. I it's not gonna be like that, I don't think. Um, but I mean, I, f- I do think they'll attack a bit more. There won't be the same sort of like it, in the away leg. It clearly looked like there were multiple times where City could have broke forward, but they didn't want to for the for the risk of perhaps what would come back if they lost the ball. I think we will see more balls in towards Haaland, like in behind. Maybe De Bruyne trying in, trying some riskier passes that he maybe didn't at the Bernabeu. Um, And I think, you know, you have to. You know, you're at home. You've got the home, home field advantage. There should be a good atmosphere at the Etihad. There usually is for these big Champions League games. So I think when those opportunities come, City are going to take them. But I don't think we'll necessarily see them, you know, absolutely blitzing Madrid in the first 10 minutes. Um, I mean, they did last year in the first leg like, of the semi-final, so they're obviously capable of it, more capable now than they were then. Um, but I, it's just the stakes are so high. And in the second leg, after after all the hard work they did in the first leg, I don't think they'd want to go and throw that away um, sort of by being too adventurous. But I think, yeah, they'll go for it, but maybe not not straight from you know the first minute.
1: Do we think that, Last season's tie with Madrid, Luke, is kind of the model here that we saw a bit more of a KG, and yes, it backfired in the end, but a bit more of a KG uh, a- affair at the burnabout, and then obviously City kind of went for it in the home leg, and I think probably it it, it looked as if that was probably the thing to do was to go for it in the first leg. Obviously, in hindsight, you give up three goals at home but we have to remember that that was a time in which Fernandinho was playing at right back and and he was the man marking Vinicius jr. And he got torn to shreds, which everyone kind of saw that coming. Um, but this year, obviously you've got a far more fit defense. You'll either have a Kanji out there or, or Kyle Walker. Um, so can we use that model of last season that, well, Real Madrid haven't changed all that much. We know that they can get kind of under the cosh away from home time to time. Um, Do we use that to our advantage and say, first 15 minutes, absolutely have a go at them and potentially you can blow them out of the water?
3: I personally think so, yeah. Um, I I feel like using the past is the best way to go about it, especially with a team being so similar. Um, Because with the first leg, you you can't really judge it based on that because I I, I personally believe Real Madrid are going to come and change their team quite substantially. I'd be so surprised if they don't play two up front. I thought Benzema in the first leg was isolated. I've just seen on FopMob that actually they had the... He had the most expected goals, but I don't remember him having a clear-cut chance. He had the header, which was just a looping header, really. I don't think he got enough power. He was struggling for all that. But I feel like Benzema was completely isolated, was just out of the game for the majority of the game. And I feel like you would need someone against him with our, when we defend our back four or our back three really going at him um but i feel like our best chance is going to be getting get out there in the first 15 really go at them get that early goal because we've seen what the etihad can be like when it is bouncing like i've seen te- i've seen many teams crumble there this year arsenal we've see- we've seen so many teams just crumble under the pressure and I feel like if we do get one or two goals, when you've got Haaland sprinting after every ball, you've got Grealish never giving the ball away. You've got De Bruyne just looking for that killer pass every two seconds. It is a frightening place to come with at the moment. And you can't win a game in the first 15 minutes, but you can 100% lose it. And if we do get a couple of early goals, really build on that pressure... I mean, it's not even out of the realms possibility where we could even be three or four up if we just have a quick spell of 15 minutes, shown by Everton at the weekend. Two, Literally two goals instantaneously almost it can really kind of change the tie. So, yeah, I'm expecting us to kind of start quick, really go out there and see what happens um, and then hopefully get a couple of goals up and then kind of n- know the effect of Real Madrid in the Champions League, hopefully.
1: From Madrid's point of view, Alex, we saw kind of what they're all about in this competition in the first leg where they, they have this ability to just kind of lull you into this comfort zone where they're happy to let you pass the ball around the outside, probe a couple of chances here or there, and then all of a sudden, they'll absolutely just click into gear and, and it feels like 11 new players have appeared and Vinicius will be flying down the wing all of a sudden and and Benzema will be causing havoc and and Modric will get on the ball. And... Um, do you expect from Madrid as somebody who probably watches the most Spanish football out of all of us uh, on the show, um, do you expect them to kind of do the same thing where they may give up some of the ball in the first 15, 20 minutes and then they'll, they'll come at you in spells and they'll blitz and press for 15 minutes and then they'll sit back or um, away from home. Is it going to be more of a um, sit off and try and hit on the break? Like we saw in that first leg Uh, because it feels like there are multiple ways that that team can play. And that's what's so kind of scary about them is if they want to have Modric and Cruz get on the ball and, and kind of dominate things, they absolutely can. But sometimes they just they don't feel like it. And it feels like whatever they feel like doing, they can kind of impose themselves. So from Ancelotti's point of view, from Madrid's point of view, do you think it's, it's similar to the first leg or are they going to try and maybe impose themselves more?
2: Um, yeah, I think... I think personally they will um they will be quite happy to sort of cede the majority of possessions of City. Um I think the first leg was like there were there were periods obviously where they actually had um it was I don't think the first leg was just fully Real Madrid sat back and and hit back. They did have, you know, there was spells where City had well, maybe not backs against the walls, but they had to dig deep, didn't they, and use that sort of newfound defensive solidity they've had in the last few months. Um but I think at the Etihad, um, with the way that City just seem to attack at home, uh, with the crowd behind them, um, perhaps mm, taking more of the attacking initiative because they are at home. Like I think Madrid, Madrid will probably see their best chance or their best strategy is to kind of absorb that a bit and then do what you said, as in like try and stay fairly solid, lull maybe lull City into a kind of false sense of security and then um, and then hit back because they just. It's I don't know. It's it's hard not to fall into the trap of just saying it's Madrid in the Champions League, or you know, going into like mentality monster territory and that kind of thing. But they just do seem to. I wonder how much of it, apart from the fact that they've got brilliant attacking players like Benzema and Vinicius, and and we own, we know all that. But they just have this innate belief that they will, you know, come through whatever like whatever adversity faces them. It's you know, some teams the heads would go down if. City have the ball for 20 minutes and barely give it away and they're like oh god how are we how are we going to get out like are we ever going to leave our own box never mind try and score but with Madrid they just know there's always going to be a chance um which obviously is great for them and it's uh it is something that City have to think about um but yeah I think I think they probably will look to just keep things tight at the back um and then try and hit on the breakthrough Vinicius um and then obviously as we saw last season uh, at, in the game at the Etihad Benzema just needs the slightest slightest glimpse of goal it doesn't even have to be a full chance just um, you give him a you give him a centimetre and he'll yeah you, you can find the back of the net easily so um, so wouldn't rule out kind of semi-hopeful balls in towards the box towards him because that's what he's capable of
1: alright that'll do for part one in part two we'll be back to chat about team news this episode of the City Report podcast is sponsored by Beer Monster, the best place to find your favorite brews for refreshingly low prices. Start the summer off right by ordering one of Beer Monster's draft tap machines so you, the listener, can pour the perfect pint from the comfort of your own home. Listeners to this show can snatch a further five pounds off their next order with the discount code CITYPOD05. That's CITYPOD05. UK only, T's and C's apply, drink responsibly. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City coverage. If you haven't, please hit the subscribe, hit the follow button, leave a rating, leave a review. That is the best way for us to get this show out to more blues like you. Luke, I'll come to you first. Um, just looking at the team news, we've discussed a bit about how City might come out and, and it sounds like you're of the opinion that they probably should Go after Madrid a bit in the first 15-20 minutes and, and maybe try and get a one or two goal lead and and blow the doors off of Madrid. In order to do that, do they need to make any changes to the team from the first leg? Because I think when you look at the team from the first leg, and I'll run through it in a second, that is the team built for uber control. You've got a back four of Kyle Walker, John Stones, Ruben Diaz, and Manuel Akanji, a midfield of Gundogan, De Bruyne, Rodri, and a front three of Grealish, Haaland, and Silva. I mean. Obviously, they don't necessarily line up in a 4-3-3. We've kind of seen some, you know, 3-2-3-2 or 3-2-4-1, however you want, to, you want to shape it out. Do you need some more dynamic players in there, like a Phil Foden, Riyad Mahrez, or do you go with that same 11 and just up the tempo a little bit?
3: Um, Attacking-wise, I feel like with the players that we did start the first leg and I feel like they're more incapable to be that that, that direct attack. They are more built for the possession sort of control sort of aspect. But I don't know how Foden's going to be after the weekend. Obviously, he did take a bit of a nasty knock to his knee. Um, I personally would love Foden to start um, against Real Madrid. I feel like he could be very good at being a little bit more direct, trying to get out there, um, full-backs, trying to make something happen. Um, but I can't. I, I don't think he will start Foden. I, I can see, as, as I can attack in sort of six or seven, I don't think there's going to be a huge amount of changes from the first leg, personally. Um, the changes, I think, will happen from there, dependent on Nathan Ake being fit. I feel like if is fit, I feel like he'll walk back into the team. And I can see Kanji maybe shifting over to the right-hand side with Walker dropping out. Um, but it is all dependency. I'm expecting to go with the two up top. I feel like if it is a three up top, maybe Walker would be more suited to be on that right-hand side. We saw his unbelievable speed in the first leg. Where Vinicius, at some points, was scared to run at him, which Vinicius Jr. usually doesn't do that. But obviously, with Walker's threatening pace, he he was a little bit nervous to kind of get in behind. He was more relying on his skill in that first leg. Um, But yeah, going forward, I'd love to see De Bruyne just taking a little bit of a step back, like he sometimes does. Letting Gundo get in there, make them direct runs. I'd love a few direct passes into Haaland. Let him hold the ball up, bring one into play. I think Gundo is our is our threat. He's our secret little link there. Where if he plays well, I think we will come through quite easily. But it's one of them where I feel like the direct attacking would really help us from there.
1: Well, stick in defense, Alex, because I think that's the big conundrum. Um in in all the forums at the moment is if Nathan Ake is fit, a, does he slot right back into the team? For me, he does. I think he's probably the player of the season apart from Holland. Um, And if he does, does that boot Kyle Walker out of the team? And is that a smart decision given the fact that he did marshal Vinicius Jr. pretty well? I mean, obviously he gets the goal, which what can you do against that goal? I mean, that was just a, a champions league classic goal. Um, but we saw the respect from Vinicius Junior and Kyle Walker after, with the, a bit of a cuddle on the pitch, and and you know, I think probably Vinicius hasn't come up like a right back uh, against a right back like Kyle Walker in La Liga this season. Probably not in the Champions League. Um, is that an issue for City to potentially, because of Ake's return, miss out on Kyle Walker, or do you figure out a way to get them both in the team, or do you just stick with the defense that kept Madrid pretty at bay in that first leg?
2: I mean, I guess the question about Ake's fitness is only only, you know, City's coaches and Guardiola and Ake himself will know because well I don't know, it's just so he obviously he came back, um I've forgotten who they were playing, but he came back and then obviously went off, didn't he? Um I think it was a I don't think it was a, a reoccurrence of the same injury. Um but you know you, you don't you still don't want to rush someone back anyway. Um, so hopefully they they take full consideration of that. Um, but if if they decide that Ake is fit enough and you know he's not at risk by starting him, because um, I guess we all remember what happened with Carl Walker in the Champions League last year uh, when they obviously did rush him back and he sort of paid the price for that. But um, I'd be tempted to I'd be tempted to keep Walker in. I think. Um, even if Vinicius plays up top rather than on the wing. Um, I just think he's playing... Obviously, you know, he's he's had a strange sort of season where he started the season as he always does as one of the first names on the team sheet. Kind of lost favour, was kind of part of the, the sort of Sad Faces crew around January, February. But now he's, you know, he's playing great, but maybe he's sort of up with his best form in a City shirt the last few games, certainly. Yeah. Um, and I just think, you know, if he's playing that well and it would be harsh on Akanji because obviously Akanji would be the guy to drop out if if you want to start Ake and get Walker in. Um, but I think that Walker just sort of needs to be in there. I think Guardiola will want that insurance policy um, because, yeah, even if Vinicius is in a front two, he's still going to be making runs in behind. And if City are going to, well, City do play an advanced defensive line and there's going to be space to exploit him behind that. Um, so I think in such an important game uh, against one of the best sort of counter-attacking transition-based teams in the world, you're going to want you're going to want Walker's base in there. Um, so I think it'll be a choice between a, a Kanji and Ake. And honestly, I mean, it's kind of like how long's a piece of string. it's do you do you take the risk? Do you do you take the risk? And if if, it, if he uh, suffers a reoccurrence, then you know. He should, he should have a few weeks. If City do get to the final, then he'll have you know a couple, a few weeks until the FA Cup final, and then a potential Champions League final to recover. Do you not? I don't know. That's uh, something for Guardiola to decide. But I think Walker should probably start.
1: Yeah, it certainly is a bit of a conundrum, and I'll stick with you, Alex. Looking further up the pitch, we heard from Luke already. Do you think there is a shout for any of the players that didn't start in the first leg, like Amarez, like Foden, if he's fit? Um potentially Yulian Alvarez if you want to be more direct. Is there a shot for any of them to get in the team, or do you kind of stick with the the true and tested eleven that has played in most of the Champions League up to this point that has a bit more control, but obviously can create the chances going forward as well? I
2: mean, I'd like to see them just sort of stick with the with the more controlling team. Um I'm pretty sure that's what Guardiola will do. Um I just, I just think, obviously, if it, if it if they went more direct and had you know more of the the sort of the more direct players like like your Phil Foden's and Alvarez, um, you know, City are more than capable of winning a shootout match as we saw last year, like four three or whatever. But I just don't think you really want that stress. And given how many times Guardiola was sort of sunk to his haunches at Goodison Park and they ended up winning that game three 0 I don't think he's going to want. The sort of the stress of uh, of having an end to end basketball match, to be honest. Um, so I'd quite like to see the attack. You know, I think I think the fact that Bernardo Silva was started on the bench at Goodison, Grealish dropped out, De Bruyne dropped out. I think that's a sign that they're all going to start um, uh, against Real Madrid. And I think you don't as much as I like Alvarez, he's not perhaps been at his, bet he wasn't at his best against Everton. Maybe the last few games. Um, and I think, you know, having him alongside Haaland is a little too much of a step away from the controlling element um, for such a, a game like this against such a dangerous opponent. Um, so I'd like to see pretty similar team, to be honest, in, in the attacking department anyway.
1: Yeah, I've certainly been uh, somebody who's been on this show many times saying that that eleven that's played in the first leg and in both of the games against Bayern, you stick with that in every big game going forward. Uh, before we get out of here, Luke, score predictions? Um
3: is this gonna be where it comes to my downfall for <laughs> Uber positivity? Um Do you know what I'm gonna go for a, a, a 2 0. Uh, I feel like two early goals from us and then hopefully we will control the game from there on out. Um but the blues boys.
1: Love the positivity. Alex score prediction.
2: I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with a three two. Oh three God. two. Oh, which dear, please, please no, <laughs> <laughs> which is goes completely against what I've just been saying over the last 20 minutes that Guardiola will want the sort of a calm night in sort of thing, not a not a, a Champions League thriller, but I just think that Real Madrid will turn up and, and do something, but ultimately won't be able to quite um live with City. So I'll go with three two. I hope it's a 2 0 That would be much better for the nerves, wouldn't it? But I think three two.
1: I have a I have a sneaky feeling it's gonna be one of those famous nights at the Etihad. We've had a few of them this season so far. I think the Bayern game, the Arsenal game, or some of those those memorable nights. And it's it's worth mentioning. I think Luke said something earlier that it's starting to become a place that you lose games in the tunnel, and you know teams don't like going to the Etihad anymore. And it didn't really ever used to feel like a fortress. But those big games now. I mean, a big game at the Etihad, at the Etihad. You absolutely can't. Um, you know be predicting anything but a city win at the moment. So I'm with you, Alex. I think there might be a little bit of chaos. And I was I was thinking 3-2 as well, but just to to switch it up, I'll say, I'll say 2-1, but it'll be one of those two ones that could easily be a 6-5 or an 8-7. Um so yeah, it might be a little bit of chaos, but I think it will be a, a famous European night at the Etihad. That'll do for us today. Before we get out of here, please hit the subscribe hit the follow button leave a rating leave a review. Luke, thank you very much.
3: Thank you very much, guys.
1: Alex, thank you.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on.
1: Until next time.
0: Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.